Couple Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. And welcome to this episode of Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell with Libel Sternbach, Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. And today we want to talk about some some really some pros and cons actually of getting into a condo, we're selling our house, a lot of things like that, but let's talk about a downsizing as we go into retirement libel. Hello and welcome back. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. And uh, this topic is near and dear to my heart. I hope you can help me too, as well as our listeners. Yeah. So downsizing, a big question that we all have on our minds. (laughs) Right before the pandemic, I actually did an interview with a Wall Street Journal reporter on this particular topic. Um, and I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a radical argument, but I want you to keep in mind as we talk all, about all of this. Okay. Um, so the, the Wall Street Journal reporter had been asking a question about should retirees get mortgages on their home? And she was looking for someone to say that they should stay out of mortgages and pay off all of their mortgages and be debt free. Okay. I had a very radical um, a, a radical suggestion. This is my personal belief. I believe that if you have money tied up in your home, right, and you are not using it, then what value is it, right? And if you have a way of getting that money out of your home and using that to then grow your investments, your retirement nest egg, that can be the difference between scraping by and having a decent lifestyle. Now, I do want to point out, I'm a little bit in the minority in that view, but I want you to view your home as an asset. You spent all this time building up your home, building the equity in it, Mm -hmm. gathering this value. If it just sits there, right, and then goes on to someone else who then sells the house, what value was it to you? It didn't bring you right? It did not help you with your retirement. It is a significant asset. And so if you are facing a shortfall in your retirement or you're, fa- or you're facing in, you know, uh, having to tighten your belt, look yeah. at your home as a potential out- asset. There are a number of ways to tap into that asset. One of which is downsizing. Reverse mortgages is another one. There are other ways to tap into the equity in your house, but I want you to think of it as an asset, not just as a place to live. Libel is is a, owning a home. I, I know when I was growing up, uh, the, the the adage was a chicken in every pot, and everybody owns a home, something like that. 
So is it the great investment that it used to be, say, 30, 40 years ago, owning a home today? So it's interesting that you bring that that phrase up. Um, so the, the idea of owning a home, mm-hmm. right? It came from a study that was done that was, it was actually a very racist study if you look into it, but it was a study that Congress had commissioned that they wanted to see what made a good citizen. And what they discovered was that people who owned homes were less likely to commit crimes and they contributed more to society. So they said, you know what, we're going to encourage people to own homes, right? And they, they enacted multiple programs, propaganda campaigns to get people to own homes. Uh, it culminated in the 2007-2008 housing market crash because they, Congress had pushed so much money into people owning homes and the banks literally were giving away money for people to buy homes. And the federal government was backing all of it because of this idea that homeowners make good citizens. So in reality, when you look at it, is owning a home a good investment? From an investment standpoint, it will appreciate, I think real estate is like three to 4% on average. Mm-hmm. So to when you look at, you know, as a pure investment, three to four percent of your home versus six to seven percent real return on the stock market doesn't really make so much sense. The the better question and the other considerations that you gotta consider, right, are cost of ownership, which there that changes over time. Sometimes owning a house is cheaper than renting, sometimes it's in reverse. That, that, that's constantly changing based on the cost and the location. Uh, so don't assume that owning a house is the cheapest for you. It used to be, you get a mortgage for, you know, 500 bucks and renting was a thousand bucks, made a big, you know, made obvious sense, own a home. But yeah. in some places that's reversed where, you know, it costs you 500,000 bucks more to own a home because you got to pay when that pipe bursts and the, you know, the furnace stops working. Um, whereas when you rent, it's on somebody else. So isn't it, isn't it yeah. a conundrum, though, when you look at it? So you're, you mentioned uh, earlier at the outset about uh, in retirement, you want to downsize and you look at what it would take to downsize, but you wind up paying about the same thing that you were paying when you owned the larger home. Well, if we're if if you end up in terms of expenses, right, so there's two ways to look at it, right? If you're going to downsize and you're you're selling a house and you're buying something else for the same price and it's just smaller and it's going to cost you the same amount of money to maintain, then it's purely a lifestyle choice, right? Will I be more happy, more comfortable in that new house with the amenities that it comes in, the community that it comes in, right? And that that is a very valid consideration. Um, when we're, you know, when we're young and growing and we have kids, we need the space, we need a school district, we need, we need different amenities than when we're older and we want you know, to have a pool to hang out in, we want you know, warm climate, we want you know, all kinds of things that are different than when we were younger and uh, accumulating our wealth. So in terms of if, it's, if they're both the same, then it's really a lifestyle question. If they're not the same, right? Then you got to look at it and you got to say, what do I get out of this exchange, right? If I stay in my home, if I stay in my home, right, I got to maintain it. I don't get to tap into the equity in it, or I, you, you need to figure out some way to tap into the equity if you need that money, right? And then you got to look at the other expenses that are associated with it and see what makes sense for you. 
And for a lot of people, it may make sense to downsize because you got a smaller place to heat and cool. You get amenities, right? And I don't know about you, but the the thought of you know having to carry groceries up the stairs for the rest of my life that, <laughs> that's not something I'm looking forward to. I, I love going to my mother in law's place and having the doorman take the groceries up to the apartment. Um, Wonderful thing. Yeah, you know, uh, she, my mother in law's got a she's got a condo in Florida, and she goes there in the winter, uh, and then she comes in the summer, you know, to all of her uh, kids and grandkids. Um, but when she's, you know, down there in Florida, she's swimming every day. She has her people that she's with. Those are things, right, that those are reasons beyond the monetary to downsize that you want to look at. How important when you look at the monetary versus lifestyle, I've, I've heard and I think I've heard you say that you want to take cost out of living so that you can retire more comfortably. Yeah, you, you definitely want to, the, the idea is, you know, you worked all your life to get to this point, right? You want to be able to enjoy this. Um, this is what you want. Um, you need to take some time and think about what does retirement look like for me? What will it feel like for me? Um, what makes me feel retired? If you're still doing the same old stuff that you were doing your entire life, will that feel like retirement? I know for me personally, right? I want to be, I want to have a house by the beach. I want, I want to be on the beach all day. That to me is retirement. Um, that was you know, good too. Yeah. yeah, it's you, you got to think about those things, right? And then, and then go try to figure out how to make that happen. Forget about the money for a second, right? Just w- what will retirement look like? And then once you know what that is, let's put some dollar and cents to that question, and then look and say, well, are is the place where we're living right now, will that get me my goal? Well, right now I live in Long Island. I'm sort of by the beach, but uh, it's freezing here right now, right? Can't go to the beach in the middle of the winter. Uh, Not in New York. In in Florida, you can do it. You can get away with it. You can sit on the beach in January. Um, We have to step away. So would you suggest if you're looking at downsizing, would you look at, is there an advantage to a condo versus an apartment when you're talking about, well, maybe lifestyle is more important versus the financial idea. Yeah, let, let's take a look at some of, so I'll take a look at some of the non-financial and then when we come back, we can talk about the finances in more detail. So uh, non-financial stuff of living in a condo, right? Um, you are going to be surrounded by other people. And if you've over, always lived, excuse me, if you've always lived in a house your entire life, that might be a little disconcerting for you. Um, I'm the oldest of eight uh, siblings. So noise and, and noise around me is something that I grew up with. And for me, when I first moved out of the house, I moved into an apartment, not because of cost, but because it, I found it weird to be around, not, you know, quiet, not having noise. Uh, so you got to think about that. You got to think about, am I going to be in a retirement community that's age restricted? Or will I have, you know, 18, 19 year olds who are coming back at two, three o'clock in the morning from clubs and, or playing their music all night, right? That, I mean, that's a serious concern. If you can't fall asleep, right? Or you're getting interrupted all the time. That never happens. Yeah, totally. Never happens. Never happens. And even in an age restricted community, I mean, um, you know, you have kids and grandkids who come and stay or people with the Airbnb now. So you got to look into, you know, what is really the demographic? What is, what is it that will make me feel and be comfortable? Uh, so think about that. And then you also have the other side of this, which is, you know, the amenities. 
maybe you want to have a doorman who is there 24 seven, who can come to your apartment to help you with whatever it is that you want help with, right? You want to have a pool, you want to have, you know, a tennis court, whatever those things are that like you couldn't necessarily have in a house that you can have in a condo. Uh, really take some time to think about it. We'll do that. Everyone, we're talking with Libel. We're talking about your home. We're talking about a condo. We're talking about the pros and cons of it. A lot of different considerations into this. And when we come back, we'll talk about, and we'll take some questions from you as well, but it's really uh, eye-opening for me to have this discussion with you today, Libel, because of the hearing you say that there are some factors other than financial that play into this. And that uh, made me go, hmm, when I'm talking to Libel, who is the, the expert in money. We're talking with Libel Sternback, and we'll be right back with more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Welcome back. I'm Freddie Bell, and we're with Libel Sternback. We're talking about Libel being on fire, and he definitely is this week as we talk about downsizing in retirement. And there are a lot of reasons, as you told us earlier, Libel, to downsize, especially right now. Yeah, yeah. There, there's you want to be able to tap into that equity um, in your home and use it to fund your retirement. But in addition to that, you want to look at you know how can you use that event to fuel and further your lifestyle goal of what retirement looks like for you. Everyone, we're talking with Libel, and we have a question, Libel, from Debbie, and. She's asking, she says, I'm thinking of selling my house and getting a condo. She wants to know what the pros are, what the cons are. And she's wondering, Libel, if you recommend it or is it better just to get a smaller house? What do you say? So I think that the answer is really up to you. But I think that there are, you know, as we've been talking about this, there's financial and there's non-financial considerations. So we've talked about some of the non-financial considerations up until now, mm-hmm. which I think you do some uh, soul searching, go to, you know, visit some friends who are living in condos, living in houses on their own, uh, especially, you know, go across the, the age demographics, right? You, you, let's say you're in your 60s or your 70s right now and you're thinking about that. Um, go visit friends or find people who are in their 80s and 90s and see what they think about it. Because chances are, this is going to be the last move you make in your lifetime. And you don't want to have to move again. So go find out, go get some information for yourself of what this will really look like. Um, Once you know the non-financial side, right, the, the heart side of things, we got to talk about the finances, right? So let's let's get some down and dirty onto some of the finances that you've got to consider. Sound good? Yes, it does. So what would be the first one? So the first thing that you got to look at is condo fees, right? Or homeowner association fees. Um, unless you're going to be living in a house on your own that's not part of a community, you want to know what are the fees associated. And even if you're owning a home that's not part of an association, you want to look at what the fees that people experience are. 
Um, so with homeowner associations, and let's talk specifically about a condo, um, because a lot of people look at a condo and they go, well, you know, they got, they maintain the building, they maintain the landscaping, they have all these amenities. It's a great deal. If you've ever looked at a timeshare, or if you've been in a timeshare and regretted it, you know exactly what condos can do to you. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> the, you, by owning that condo, you are kind of writing a blank check to whoever is managing the condo. They get to, at any time, assess your condo with fees. Um, these fees can be, I mean, theoretically, they're voted on, right? But the fact is, is that nobody wants to be on the board of a condo association or the homeowners association. Very few people do. And once they're on there, it's very hard to remove them. So what ends up happening is that you get this little mafia on the board and they just pass whatever they want. Um, so like my mother-in-law lives in this little complex. It's got three buildings, all built by the same developer. The first building where the developer lived in was built amazing, right? That's where my mother-in-law lives in. Very sound structure, beautiful, nice, but it's not ostentatious. It's right in the middle. It's, it's a nice building. The other two buildings he built afterwards. And the building that he built last as his company was going bankrupt has been under construction as long as I've been going down to that condo. Oh, there yeah. are so many structural problems with that building. And the board who is in that building is they they've had members who had gone to jail for embezzlement um, and they've had they somehow the board has decided that they want to redo their lobby and they they've redone it with a million dollars worth of marble and they have two full-time employees who are in the lobby at all times i mean literally you walk into this building and it's like the waldorf and it's it wasn't that way five years ago. It wasn't that way 10 years ago. But at some point, the board decided that they wanted to live in a building that looked like a million dollars, and they assessed every condo with it. And I heard rumors that the, the renovation cost something like $10 million. And there's only like 100 and something units in that uh, building. So they assessed everybody. It was like five to $10,000 a month to finance this renovation. And everyone, you know, you don't really have a say. Your only say is, well, you can try to sell it now, but who's going to buy it when it costs, you know, an extra $50,000 a year in condo fees? You well, got to How do you test that out? How do you, how do you determine uh, what's going to happen down the road? I mean, uh, the Waldorf story, I mean, it's a nice place, but in retirement, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know about that. Yeah. So some of it is hard to figure out but here here are some tips that um other retirees have said to look for so and, and this is coming from one of the face, facebook groups i'm on somebody somebody you know posted this question and these are the suggestions that came out so one of them ask if there's any pending lawsuits against the developer of the property because if the person who's managing or built the property. So if the person who built the property is getting sued, that's an indication that there might be something wrong with the building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if the property management company is getting sued, that's an indication that you might have an assessment coming down the road. So you want to take a look at those. Another thing to ask is, are there any future development plans, right? Mm -hmm. Is there, is there plans in the works to upgrade things? And if there are, 
right? You might want to find out what kind of numbers they're talking about and thinking about because, you know, that's something that might be added to your bottom line. Another one, and this one I thought was a really great suggestion if they will do it for you. Now, most condos are technically is public and they should provide it, okay. but they're kind of closed knit groups. Ask them for the last minutes of the, the minutes of their last board meeting, because that will give you an idea of what they're talking about and who the troublemakers are and kind of what the tone of the building is. Right. Ask for that information. See what kind of response you get, and then look at the actual details because that'll give you, you know, some kind of idea. And then the one that I love the best is just start knocking on doors and asking people, do you like living here? What do you think about it? Um, you can also, um, a lot of people rent their apartments on Airbnb, stay there for a little bit, right? Come different times of the year and see who's there mm -hmm. and talk to the people who are there, talk to the staff, Ask them, you know, what do they think is wrong? How do they like the fees? You know, do they think the fees are going up? Are they thinking about moving? This will pull out and tease out that information that you need to know to be able to make a decision. Because remember, when we are making financial decisions in retirement, we're not just making a decision about today and tomorrow. Every decision that we make has an impact for the rest of our life and potentially our children and grandchildren. Everything that we do needs to be thought out. During our working years, we have the safety net that is kind of provided to us in the form of we can always go back to work. Any mistake that we make is rarely fatal because we can earn more money. As we get older, our ability to go back into the workforce, our ability to recover from those mistakes becomes less and less. So that is those are some tips and suggestions that I have for, you know, questions to think about, at least from the uh, financial side. So as you take in the financial side and you're looking at the non-financial side, it sounds like there's some introspection that needs to go on as you're making this type of, and I see it as a really big decision, Michael. Yeah, they, they, this, is, this is one of those big decisions in life, right? Um, I, I think that where you retire to is probably the biggest decision and will have the biggest impact on your long-term happiness, both because of the financial and non-financial reasons. Um, and here, you know, when, when you're thinking about this decision, right, you got to think about what you want retirement to look like. What will it feel like, right? What, how will you spend your days? Does this apartment, does this condo, does this house does that further those goals or not? Will it give me access to the amenities and the services that I need access to, right? So take me, right? I want to live by the beach, right? Being by the beach is important to me, right? I also want to be able to teach for the rest of my life, right? That's something important. So that means I need to live somewhere by a beach that's also near a public library or a college, somewhere where I can teach. Right? So that limits my options. So think about what are the things that will make retirement feel like retirement for you? Then ask yourself the question, what is my potential downside in making this decision? Mm -hmm. and I think this is one of the most powerful questions. I, it's something that I ask of every decision I make. Right? If this goes south, what will happen? What is what are my bottom line, right? What, what is the downside for making this decision? And then ask yourself the flip side of that question. 
what is the cost for not making this decision? If I stay in my home as it is right now, what will that cost me? What will that mean, right? If you're living in a house that the same house that you raise your kids in, chances are it's got stairs. Chances are it is not friendly for somebody who has bum knees, right? At some point, you aren't going to want to climb those stairs. Can you live on just the first floor? Is it handicap accessible? Is it easy and friendly for, for you to get around it, right? Those are important questions to have. And then you got to ask yourself the question, right, for every decision you make, right? Is the risk reward worth it, right? Whether it's choosing to downsize, whether it's this condo versus another condo, this house versus that house, what is the risk? What is the potential reward, financial, non-financial, and is it worth it? And then really the ultimate question you got to ask, does this decision endanger my financial freedom, right? If I say yes to this, will it hurt my ability to stay retired for the long run? Well, wow. Michael, do you talk about this in your book, Living with Financial Anxiety? Absolutely. In my book, I give the exact steps to take for how to answer these questions and how to incorporate it in your everyday life. It seems like this is so, uh, when you, when you, the way you outline it, it sounds so practical, but it's so practical. I can see where a lot of people miss these, what you've outlined as fundamental steps in making some life-changing decisions with regard just simply to where I live and the resultant impact that it could have not only on my lifestyle, but on my financial security. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Making good financial decisions is about making good life decisions. The two are the same and they need to be habits. If you go to Libel's website, you can see that he does take you through the entire steps of how to make these decisions, when is the right time to convert. He talks about a simple formula uh, he can take your marginal tax rate. I mean, there's, there's a lot of great practical information that you can find from Libel. That's about all the time we have today. I'm Freddie Bell. I'm with Libel Sternbach, and we're looking forward to seeing you on our very next episode of Libel on Fire. That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's book, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.